Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jesus Christ, it's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucid News Radio. I'm your TV guide, Brett White. And I'm also a senior reporter, producer for Decider.com. And say hello to the French to my bill, Ethan K. Hello, Ethan. Hi, Brett. <laughs> Hi. Merry, merriest of Christmases. Merry Christmas. We're not we'll we'll get into we'll get it but first. <laughs> I popping a Dr. Pepper because I I I said last week I was like, we're gonna do family affair, and you're gonna. I was like, I'm not telling you don't what it is. Don't look at I what did, it's about. I didn't read a synopsis. I did not read. I I did a lot of background research on the cast <laughs> and the show itself. And that was already depressing. I did that yesterday. <laughs> I did that. Shows. I'm like, holy shit. This is like, this is the grimmest show that has ever been written. This is okay. And then, and then we watched the episode today and I'm like, Oh, all of that comes out on the screen. <laughs> yeah, this is a very uh, haunted cast. But uh, before we get into that, what are you watching? Because I, I do need to tell you about a horrible movie I watched. Uh, I will say that that uh, Megan and I finally finished Chapel Wait, uh, which was on Stars. Oh. I think um, it is an adaptation of a, a 10 episode adaptation of Stephen King's short story, Jerusalem's Lot. Ah. Uh, which is from my favorite collection collection of Stephen King short stories, Night Shift, which I just realized I have on the bottom shelf and a shelf that's this big that has all of my fiction on it uh, that I feel I should watch it. It is Adrian Brody and Emily. Uh, what's her name from Schitt's Creek? Uh, she played Stevie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't uh, remember what her name is, it, but I'm losing the name. Uh, it is straight up uh, early 1700s, late 1700s vampire horror in a small town, uh, gigantic dark house, uh, a vampire cult. And we started watching it and uh, we, we just got back from uh, a vacation in the Dominican Republic. And one of the things that we did was we brought down an HDMI cable and my laptop and we watched a whole bunch of stuff. You know, after we did the beach and we did the restaurants and we did the 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 pool and everything, like it gets to be like, you know, nine o'clock. There's not much going on around oh, yeah. the resort. So we we plugged <laughs> in and we watched uh, the rest of Chapel Wait, which is vampires, vampires, vampires and Adrian Brody. Uh, there's also <laughs> worms. There's worms everywhere. No, thank you. Um, 
but uh, I we really liked it. It'll never get a second season. Uh, it, there's no way can, that can happen. But we really liked it. But what about you? It's too too many things. So I mean, I I reviewed my 39th Christmas movie of the season. God, today. it's like saying you got your 39th uh, gallstone removed. Yeah, I mean, I will. I am glad to say that like 30 of them have been good. Oh, that's good. So that, but today, today was one that was started out for the first hour bad. And in the last 30 minutes, pushed, it did the magic thing where it just keeps on pushing and where it becomes a good because <laughs> it got so <laughs> bad. It is called I Believe in Santa. It is a it is a Netflix original, which to sidebar, Netflix's Christmas holiday op- um, offerings this year are um, horrible. And yeah. they usually every year they send out a press release. They make a big deal about here's all of our holiday offerings. It's like a dozen movies with people, you know, and, you know, yeah. and they usually do big budget stuff like um, the Christmas Chronicles, Jingle Jangle, and even like good rom-coms like Love Hard and um, the the Holiday. Like they, they've done some like good original stuff. <laughs> and this year they have the Lindsay Lohan movie and then a whole bunch of junk that they I, would, I talked about uh, Christmas on Mistletoe Farm with um, Poppy with uh yeah. with uh from the nativity lady this so this is an original which again who oh boy and it is about a the actor is 53 so i'm going to assume he's i think the movie thinks he's playing 30 um he he's a lawyer who believes in santa claus and loves christmas he starts dating a woman in july she hates christmas and then by the time christmas comes around they've already been together for 5 months and then she discovers that he loves Christmas. And then he has to like nervously essentially come out to her as a Santa believer. And the premise sounds very hallmarky. And for the <laughs> first hour, you're like, this sounds like it could be a fun whatever. But it takes a turn in the last half hour to be a serious relationship drama. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> a character study about this poor like there are scenes that are like a um like a relationship drama about a marriage falling apart because of an affair. Like there are scenes with that level of weight except the other woman is Santa. <laughs> oh, does is Santa and, real in this world or is no, there's no, no I Santa. mean I mean of course, you know, spoiler alert, it ends on like a um the little girl asks for an iPhone for Christmas, and then she opens up a box and has one. And the mom is like, what? And that's it. But it's just like. <laughs> the whole movie, the whole movie also, I think, is a metaphor for faith and religion. And I look to see if the writer and director were like, you know, well, work with Kevin Sorbo about a lot, but they yeah, don't like. And I couldn't tell if they did. They didn't seem to. Um, but like. At one point, there's a Muslim character who is like, you know, he doesn't look uh, he doesn't look down on me because of my faith or he doesn't judge me because of my faith. So I should judge him for his. And it's like. Motherfuckers, the one thing I wanted the damn movie to say, which is the thing that I want any Christmas movie to acknowledge, is that if Santa Claus is real, 
then parents all across the world need to like explain why they aren't curious about all these gifts that they did not buy under the tree. No one ever home, answers this question. Is that's that home invasion. Is, yeah, that's home invasion and reverse burglary. And so it's like, wh- what is wild is that like, if you are Muslim, Christian, Jewish, etc., like, you aren't um, required to bring physical proof of your rela- of your religion because, like, you can't. Like, it is so old. Like, it is so old. It is all about faith, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you can't, like, physically prove, here's God. Santa Claus is, in theory, leaving evidence every Christmas under millions <laughs> of trees. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so, like, the whole, because he's a lawyer, so he, like, applies logic to it. And it's what? like... No, yeah, it is wild. It made me, it made me also. So the first hour is wild because he has the energy of Jim Carrey's cable guy, but he is treated like a rom-com lead. And it's like, he doesn't look young. He acts like a child. He believes in (laughs) Santa. Why is this professional journalist lady who all of her columns have to do with holidays and which ones she likes or doesn't like? (laughs) <laughs> i feel like you only got one year with that and then i don't know what you're writing about year two it's called anyway it's what, amazing yeah like uh, what do you do with something with a, with a column like that that is my favorite it's, holidays it starts Today with her writing about how she loves uh july 4th because it's july 4th and then when christmas comes around her editor is like you know why i assigned you the christmas article because you don't like christmas and it's just like wait you just told her write about christmas <laughs> Like that's not what how anything works. Yeah, okay. Um there's I gotta watch it. I hate it already. It um I was taking so many screenshots and sharing them with my coworkers because like not like the actors don't know how to make faces that convey love. So she always (laughs) looks terrified and he always looks unhinged. Like escape from the ward, like like serial killer. And they're in love. And they're also married in real life. So I don't know oh. why they can't convey sexual chemistry. <laughs> but what? Uh, it sounds terrifying. It sounds absolutely terrifying. I believe Not in something. Santa. I believe in Santa. I hate Christmas. Uh, I love Christmas. I So far, Christmas is 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 Christmas. Um, I'm wearing the hat. You're wearing your, your pajamas? I'm wearing my uh, Jonathan Hart pajamas. These are vintage. Uh, I think they're Botany 500 red. Uh, I mean, probably like nylon, but air quote silk <laughs> pajamas, which are like uh, ones that he wears in a Christmas episode. Well, that's mm-hmm. very nice. I'm crazy. Um, uh, we do have one Twitter comment that I saw. Oh, cool. Um, I hope it's nice. Uh, well, Chaotic Rambler on Twitter asked if we've ever heard of uh, On Our Own. I just found out about it. It stars Journey Smollett, who played Black Canary and Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. And her, the entire Smollett family. And it was basically, what if the boxcar children did a bosom buddies to full child protective services into thinking they had a caretaker? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which wow. it aired on ABC in like 94. And so here's the synopsis of the pilot episode that I found. Which, honestly, relevant to today's episode. After their parents die in an automobile accident, 20-year-old Josh takes over as authority figure of his six younger siblings, but the by-the-rules head of Department of Child Services, Gordon Ormsby? That's a wild name. 
hears of the Jericho's case and sends new social worker Alana Michaels to investigate and, if accurate, prepare for foster care. Josh assumes the identity of Aunt Jelcinda to combat the authorities. Oh, come on now. This is Mrs. Doubtfire, Smollett <laughs> oh, family. Yeah. How many episodes did it last? 20. It was a one season wonder. They retooled it halfway through to try and make it, you know, work and didn't. Did they do the Which Buzz, they, Buzz and Buddies thing? They, where they, they, they nixed like, okay, the Jelcinda stuff. They nixed the, 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 the thing that made it interesting. Up. That's, you know, it's, it, it is sad when that when that is the knee jerk reaction to make this better. That's the problem with the show. That's well, that's what we've done. We've nixed Barb Harley because she was not just kidding. <laughs> I'm just we kidding. saw I, just... I, I saw Barb on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I got into drag to host my Christmas party. Uh, getting into drag takes a long time. So I'm just kind of, you know, yeah. she'll appear when she appears. She appears. Uh, but I, I do. I will have to say that uh, we have two episodes that we have recorded that are on Apple Podcasts, but have not made it up to um, YouTube yet. Views. We have the Thanksgiving Fresh Prince of Bel Air episode, oh, right? Yeah, and and the Christmas uh, Father Knows Best, best. Episode. two good episodes, <laughs> two good episodes. Two episodes. Yeah, I, yeah. there's so many times like where I I, I I I have to judge it thumbs up or thumbs down. Was this a good episode or was this a bad episode? And more often than not, I'm going into things being like, oh, do I really have to watch this? And I end up enjoying it. Like hmm. Father Knows Best, perfect example. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, this is a grody old, you know, patriarchal <laughs> black and white uh, 1950s show. And I'm like, at the end, I was like, I'm really touched by this, the story of a transient who, who steals things. And, and then there are times where I go into it like today where I'm I, I I don't know enough about the TV show itself but my overall impression is bland and then I start watching it and go holy shit this is awful <laughs> this is rancid television <laughs> family affair family affair is a sitcom in the way that the Zapruder film is a sitcom <laughs> like it I I, I will tell you and this is and this is my own count. I counted however many times the laugh track was turned on. Oh yeah. Over 25 minutes, the laugh track was turned on nine times. Yeah, it takes I I clocked. Well, yeah, I'll get into it because I also clocked like the first instance of it because I was like, this is taking way too long. Two and a um, half minutes through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this week we're traveling to, 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 to uh, November 11th, 1968. I forgot to change the date in my script, but I remembered it. Head ruled the box office, the monkeys. And also next week, Yellow Submarine tops the box office. Uh, Hey Jude by the Beatles topped the charts and CBS aired the family affair episode. Christmas came a little early. Ethan, you must have seen Christmas came a little early before today. I'm you know, sure it wasn't it wasn't streaming during I loathe the my I loathe myself period. So I did not watch Family Affair. The <laughs> Christmas Christmas came a little early. I did. Well, no, I probably haven't seen this episode. But when I was a kid, I did watch Family Affair quite often. Uh, I came on. It might have been a TV land show because there was like the A list that was on Nick at Night and then like the B list of like TV land. And I think it might have been on there. And I watched it because my mom loved family affair when she was uh probably 10 10 or 11 
I'm now realizing, I just realized, realized this today. I mean, my mom was grew up in like rural as hell, like Tennessee, Kentucky border with an outhouse, I think. Um, they had to walk to the neighbors to watch television, like kind of poor and also divorced parents. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if she liked if there was something about rich uncle takes in children mm-hmm. and they get to live in a nice apart. Like part of me is well, like, oh, maybe that's what connected with her as a 10 year old. Um, but, uh, you know, I uh, had a uh, proto gay crush on Brian Keith. I still think he's handsome as hell. So uh, that's you know, that dates back. I will give you that. I, 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 you know, I admired Brian Keith from The Parent Trap. I was like, oh, he's a really engaging actor. I remember the name. Do you remember the first or second time I guested on this podcast and you had that big book of old sitcoms? Oh, yeah. And the one that we picked was The Little People, which was a, a show about a children's pediatrician living in Hawaii, played by Brian Keith, which didn't do so well, but it got a second season. It was renamed The Brian Keith Show. Yeah. Let's talk about depressing things because we need to bring everybody down here. Brian Keith <laughs> uh, worked very steadily, uh, commercial actor, TV actor, movie actor, uh, parent trap, kind of the high point of everything. Uh, trigger warning, he killed himself. Yeah. Like, yeah. when did that, so that's, like, that happened? 80s? Late 70s? Yeah. Uh, let me, let me double check that. I, because I, I, I recognize he is on television all the time throughout like yeah. the 60s and 70s and because i i have i can visualize him as an old man so i know that he that, lived yeah he died in 1997 oh okay so yeah there it is just one more kind of tragedy associated with with this show um the the per, i think the people who who's who survived generally unscathed were kathy garver who played sissy the older uh, teenage daughter the older teenage daughter she is uh she went on and did a, actually a whole bunch of voices. She was Firestar in the uh oh. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Great. Um uh the I guess the 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 kind of the tragedy on on her side was she was not the first choice of actor to play Sissy. The first choice of actor went on vacation to Europe and gained 15 pounds and they fired her. Oh <laughs> my god. I mean, I want to uh, hear more about that Europe trip because that sounds amazing. Fifteen pounds of, I mean, of uh, like... career career killing. Jesus. Johnny Whitaker played Johnny. Uh, played Jody. Or Jody. Jody. Right, right. Um, he had a little a cool career in the seventies. He was in uh, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. He oh, was right. in The Russians Are Coming. The Russians Are Coming with Brian Keith. Hmm. Um, he did a couple Disney things. And then drugs and alcohol hit him hard. Luckily, after a while, he pulled himself out. Uh, he started a a Spanish-speaking um, addiction treatment group. So good for, for him. Uh, and then we saw him in A Talking Cat. Oh, right. He played the dad in a terrible, terrible fam- film called A Talking Cat, where it's a cat that can talk voice the by voice, Eric Roberts <laughs> voice by Eric Roberts recorded in a bathroom a, talking into a cell phone it's like hey everybody I'm a <laughs> hey, everybody I'm a talking cat hey, sometimes cats <laughs> talk not crazy and his it mouth is a, is a little black circle that just like goes up and down 
It's awful CG. It is uh, also starring Catherine DeBell, who starred in the adult Alice in Wonderland porn film from the 70s. That's beside the point. Uh, Talking Cat is a wild film. And then um, Sebastian Cabot, who played the butler manservant thing, um, he was generally okay. Um, uh, He 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 played... Well, yeah, he played. He ended up playing Santa Claus in the 1973 Miracle on 34th Street, which I need to find. Which, interestingly enough, they made him shave his trademark beard to play Santa Claus on that Miracle on 34th Street because they couldn't get the the uh, facial hair to work. So they made him shave his trademark beard and um, then like apply a fake beard, or yeah, and applied a fake beard because the it. whole point of the Santa is that his whiskers are real. Like that's a whole the tugging is a big deal. They they had to shave his face. That's why. Um, he also did a spoken word Bob Dylan album at one point. Ooh. Uh, but the the saddest story in uh, all the sad stories. Well, also the producer Don Federson uh, gave us Lawrence Welk on Ooh. television, so we can blame him for that. <laughs> or thank but, you, uh, thank you. <laughs> Anissa Jones, uh, who played the youngest daughter Buffy. Um, Died of a drug overdose at age 18 at a party. In the set, that's the 70s then, yeah. Yeah, and then the doctor who prescribed her the, all the drugs uh, was arrested for running like a pill mill. Uh, it was uncovered during like this big sting investigation. Uh, and then he died in prison, so he never faced. Uh, he died. He died before trial. Well, he so faced he the faced. ultimate jury. The ultimate jury. I don't so know. Um, that's I going think when into- people. When people talk about like child stars having a rough go of it, I do think that family affair is what they're talking about. Like that yeah. is, I, I would say that's the one that really cemented like child stars. Please it, it, take care of yourselves. Watch out just, for them. Just read humane this, working conditions, like, please. It's just like one thing after another, and then you watch the show, and it really does come out on screen. Everybody looks that like they stare at each other like they're just like watching a car accident. Yeah, man. Are you ready? This week uh, <laughs> on SFC TV, we're talking about the Family Fair episode. Christmas came a little early. It's the seventh episode of season three, and it was written by Elroy Schwartz and directed by Charles Barton. Here's how Tubi describes the episode. Bill arranges a Christmas party for Buffy's ailing friend, Eve Plum. Ethan, how accurate is that description? That is like the last four minutes of a depressing depressing episode yeah so i was like we were talking last week about i don't know for some reason depressing episode came up and that's when it hit me like oh the family (laughs) fair christmas episode we have to do it because i watched this a couple years ago and i was just like the hell (laughs) the actual hell is this I, i don't understand how they can get away with nine laughs during a 25 minute episode and call it a sitcom. I think actually like, let's try something where I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to sum up the entire episode in like two sentences. And then we can just talk about the whole thing, I guess, yeah. because like the plot, like essentially J- uh, Buffy and Jody, but more so Buffy befriend a bedridden girl named Jan or n- named, named Eve. Eve. Played by Eve Plum, who goes on to be Jam Brady. I keep wanting to call her Jam. Uh, And she is terminally ill. In some way, we do not know. Uh, 
Buffy's like, my my Uncle Bill can save anyone. He's essentially God on Earth. She doesn't say that. He pulls some strings, gets a doctor to come. He's like, eh, nope, ain't gonna work. And they're and then they're like, Bill's like, well, let's throw a Christmas for her. Um, since she's going to die before Christmas, but they make sure the kids don't like understand why they're doing it. Then they have a Christmas. Uh, Eve gets a doll, and then the episode ends with uh it's like after the party god does she die right after the because like the dad the uncle bill's going to sleep he overhears buffy just like crying hysterically in her bedroom he goes in and then just hugs her and then the episode ends so it means like <laughs> buffy befriends a girl who dies and they throw her a christmas party so that she has one last christmas <laughs> this is a this this is a sitcom you know i like I wouldn't have put this one in the in the hopper for must have seen TV, but it did have nine exactly nine laughs. <laughs> so it is a sitcom, but yes. Uh, so imagine what Brett just said, but also imagine the editing is terrible. So after t- anyone says a line, they free they they hold on the face. A, just a hair too long. It is very. And they long. immediately go to the next face. There's like barely anyone in the same shot. With I didn't write else. that like face to face. Face to I face. I wrote. There's a mile between every one of these lines. Yeah. Like there is just, and what? So the first laugh I wrote down what the first laugh. Here's the here's the level of humor you're getting on Family Affair. So the the reason how Buffy meets. Uh, uh, Eve wait, wait, wait. Slash... I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back just a step further because we just need to explain to everybody who hasn't seen this. Oh yes, what the whole premise of the show was. Oh the right, yeah. Of, the premise of the <laughs> show is there are three kids and their parents die. And is it also to... an automobile accident? <laughs> it's an automobile accident. <laughs> they are forced to live with their uncle Brian Keith. He has a name. I just call him Brian Keith. Bill. Brian, Bill. Brian Keith is a wealthy architect, like everyone was in the sixties and seventies on TV. Uh, has a gorgeous apartment. Like gorgeous it's apartment. also like the only set that they put any thought into, and they put a lot of. It has a good depth of field, lovely decoration. For it is also huge it has a huge ass foyer it has a the the doorknob on the front door is in the middle of the door like a hobbit house (laughs) also buffy has two beds in her bedroom for some reason yep so he's rich and he has a a manservant played by mr french played by sebastian cabot but it's not a mr belvedere situation where the, the you know mr french is is funny no, he's just he's just there. He's just another person for Brian Keith to talk to. He's British, right? Like that's about. He's he's, he's British. He did you know that's he did a lot character. of he did a lot of voices for Disney. He was Bagheera in the mm, Jungle Book. Yeah, um, I I will say like if if I got into watching Family Affair again, my head is immediately going to go to Bill yeah. and French are obviously a couple. Yeah, and that one I, scene at the end, I was just like, "Oh, kiss, please." The one thing I wanted other. to do, I wanted to look up family affair fan fiction just to see if a lot of people wrote that, but I realized like I get a lot of like weird incest stories, and I I didn't want that on my <laughs> with conscience. their yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, just, well, no, you gotta the, look the up Bill alone, slash French. That's what you gotta go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so now yes. they live with him, and and basically. What what is shocking about this episode is just how much like 
so much of the heavy lifting is put upon seven-year-olds how old are these kids like they are young they're young they're like they're like, they're like michelle eight, tanner else cream old <laughs> yeah this <laughs> like, is like, like maybe eight maybe nine but like they have so many lines oh they are like and so the, the episode the first laugh of the episode comes when the teacher is like there's a one of the girls i'm going to call her jan and eve interchangeably just accept this and move on uh, she basically exists in an intercom and that's how she goes to school she listens via intercom and interacts and stuff and she always has the right answers and they got a new textbook and the teacher's like oh Buffy you live around the corner can you take this text- textbook to uh, Jan slash Eve and and then like god the, oh, where did my notes go the first la- laugh is like well I, you know like some like Buffy's like I don't know I didn't know if I would like her why not well it's hard to like somebody who knows all the answers laugh that's the then the second laugh comes at the five minute mark where <laughs> uh uh jan slash eve is asking buffy like wait mr french is downstairs who's that and he's like and then buffy's joke is well he's not our butler and he's not our nanny he's mr french and then like uh, jan is like oh i still don't know who, who he who he is and then laugh that's that's how awful this is. I wrote and then it there are seven more laughs. I wrote that it has the pacing and delivery of an educational short film. Oh, it really does. It does. Um, it really has not, that. It's not helped by the fact that Brian Keith just looks like he just got news that like all of his money is gone in the world. His face that's... is frowning, hanging. He... Just it like... is weird that the the like the. The synopsis of the show is always Playboy Uncle. And I'm like, is he just like the swinginest, Tony Starkiest dude in the no. first episode? And then just immediately because he he basically kind of has a John Wayne energy to him. Like he mumbles every line. I like so when he goes over to Eve's house for the first time, the mom opens the door and he's standing in the door with his like feet crossed, like leaned against it. And I'm just like, who, who stands like, he just still looks so cool. And it's like, who stands like that casually? And then he walks through the door and suddenly, I don't know what happened. The seasonal depression kicks in yeah. and he just kind of like turns into, well, your daughter is a friend of my daughter, Buffy at the school. And she came over here the other day. I'm just like, yeah. oh my God, this is torture. And, but here's a yeah, fun little Brian Keith and family affair fact. Uh, the director and producer, uh, most of the producers, wanted to make Brian Keith work as little as possible. So that so what they did was they would shoot the entire season back to back, but just his scenes. Uh, so and and they do it in thirty day chunks. So when they, they uh, each season was sixty days, they would do thirty days with Brian Keith, thirty days with Brian Keith. That was all he would do for the season. The, the the scenes with the children would be shot separately. They would shoot multiple episodes in the same day. What the uh, hell? Uh, because they wanted him to keep being Brian Keith and do movies and commercials and other TV shows. So no they one, like, they I can't imagine. Career down. <laughs> no wonder all the performances are so bizarre. Like, okay, so when Buffy is like... <laughs> 
Please, Papa, come downstairs and touch her with your almighty power and heal her like the god you are. Like, that's big. Architect powers. That's what. But so, like, when he's like, well, I got to do something, he calls the doctor. And the phone call scene is this weird, like, one take, like, oh, hey, oh, yeah, hey, doctor. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, this little girl, can you come? Like, no, okay. And he's also, like, covering his mouth and the camera. Like, it's just a weird. And now it makes total sense that they were like, okay, how many phone scenes does he have? Six? Okay, cool. Here's five other shirts. Yep. Because they just wanted to get him out of there. Because and because the kids could only work eight hours a day, mm-hmm. they would just shoot their see all their scenes like back to back. So they'd be shooting like four episodes at once. And they these kids would have to know all that, you know, know what they're talking about, know what they're doing. These little tiny children. Like to save one good thing about so I do think Brian Keith, obviously great actor, and there is something of I think that. He worked so much, obviously, because even mumbling the entire episode. Presence. Yeah. A little bit of charisma. I like watching him. Great. Love looking at him. There is one really good moment that I did like where after he proposes this plan about giving uh, Eve a Christmas, stupid Buffy. (laughs) She's a child. (laughs) She's not stupid. Uh, Buffy's like. Great. That means that uh, that means Eve will have two Christmases this, this year, ours and then hers. And then the camera cuts to Bill and like and you get the entire plan just from like the beat that he takes and like the look on his face. Yeah, because they never come out and say, I'm lying to the kids about having to go to Venezuela. So we will fake having Christmas early. But it's really full. like he doesn't say that until after it's already happened, he kind of says it, but they really do rely on just his face convince, you know, conveying like I'm doing this because this girl is like days numbered. Now, this is where you and I differ because I didn't find anything that I liked about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't like that. Well, oh, I did love I loved everything Brian Keith wore. It's a lot of long sleeve polos, which I do like and brown like leather Chelsea boots. Very good. Uh, a lot of good jackets. So love. Uh, Buffy at one point is wearing when when God uh, another joke early in the episode Buffy and Jody I guess they come back from Eve's or something and they're like we're fighting because we want to get dinner I want Italian and he wants Chinese like that's the joke or something but Buffy is wearing a like yellow and red plaid almost golf outfit <laughs> like she has like the little beret with the pom pom on top and. <laughs> is the um we are we are doing a terrible job of explaining what happens during this episode because we just can't believe all the things that happened that were not funny no i mean like i that we've said what happens not much is like okay well, to 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 start with the thing that makes me the most angry is the very beginning of the episode so to go linear so bad like so the credits oh the credits are just a whole bunch of jewels and family affair it's family affair. They mention Brian Keith's name, oh, um, Sebastian, Sebastian Cabot. Cabot's name, and that is it. Yeah. Um, the theme song, though, by uh, Duvall. Uh, Frank oh, yeah, Duvall. He, did everything. he was uh, he was in I'm Dickens, He's Fenster and Fernwood Tonight. Yeah. And so he also did, he did the Brady Bunch theme song. Yeah. Um, so the the entire premise of the episode I, this teacher, if I was Uncle Bill, I would be like, uh, oh, okay, Buffy, uh, hey, French, can you watch Buffy for the next hour? And then I would fucking go to that school and chew this teacher, rip her a new asshole. 
But like, this teacher is like, the terminally ill girl needs a new textbook. I know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'll send this child to go visit the terminally ill girl and give her a textbook it's like she's going <laughs> to get attached and now buffy has to learn about terminal illness and death at a very young age but it's we're like- going to do it we're going to do it in a terrible way where we are not going to actually reveal to the children that your friend is sick or ill we're not going to mention the name of the disease this is this was a horrible way to introduce kids to death it is just it is a horror everything they did was wrong the christmas thing i don't know how it was wrong it was probably wrong (laughs) like everything about this show was just it's just no one wants to talk about death including the writers producers and directors and i'm not even saying like you know you can buffy and Eve should have already been friends before this episode started. And that is how you justify yeah. the teacher should not be like, it's the teacher's job to give the textbook to the student or it's the mom's job to go pick it up or the dad or, you yeah. know, come on, like, don't make Buffy go do this unless, <laughs> unless there was like some behind the scenes, like Bill, like, hey, uh, can you, uh, I need, I need. Buffy to learn about death uh, this year. So can you send her to me to turn? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not reveling in the fact that it's death, death, death. Cause this show is just all about that. Like it's, I'm not that, that I'm not, I'm not cheering on death. I'm looking at this as any other show would use this as an educational opportunity for its characters. Yeah. Um, thinking about just going back to my own childhood and watching Mr. Hooper pass away on Sesame street. That was handled so well to the point where it stays with me today. And this this was this was not just a missed opportunity. This was like the opportunity was two counties over and no one no one mentioned well, it. Like it, I have no idea what it must have been like to have been like seven and watch this episode or six or five. Because oh like this so this show was so okay. I mean, I'll jump ahead and actually read this. So this show was First of all, hugely popular and also very, very, very popular with kids. And so right around this time, 1968 Christmas, uh, the so there's an article I found. 1968 Christmas seal campaign opened at White House by LBJ. And uh, President Johnson opened the 1968 seal campaign. I don't know what a seal campaign is. Christmas, Christmas seal. seal. What's Christmas a Christmas seal? seal? Yeah, it was a it was a 
charity fundraiser. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they opened it on Tuesday and got a special thank you from its honorary youth masters, Buffy and Jody of the Family Affair. I want to thank you for helping us to help other people, said Johnny Whitaker 8, who stars as Jody in the TV program, as he gave Johnson the first sheets of Christmas seals on a White House ceremony. Um, Anissa Jones, 10, uh, Buffy in, in the series, gave Johnson a pin with the cross of the National Tuberculosis and Respiratory Disease Association sponsor of the campaign. She also presented Johnson with a doll for his granddaughter, Lucinda Robb. Thank you for being such a good president, Anissa said. You're a very um, nice girl to say that, Johnson replied. Interestingly enough, the, the doll is actually significant. Oh, Beatrice? Uh, no, Bees, Mrs. Beasley. This show had merch. This I can show, imagine. It was very popular. This, show, this show had the, the doll that she had You what became a, 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 a toy that kids could buy. There's a doll, just a regular doll, big kind of big doll with glasses that became a uh, merchandise. And then they started doing other dolls of the characters from the show. Um, but it's a show that had merch. Which is like, very rare for back then. Like, yeah. It, that wasn't a thing that happened all that often. Like, yeah, you so like you never understand what is. I mean, we understand because we're adults and intelligent. But like, even when Brian Keith go like gets his doctor, and then there's the scene after that, like of the doctor and his nurse and uh, Eve coming back from whatever like a uh, inspection. <laughs> examination examination she just went through (laughs) inspection magnifying have have you been to a doctor ever my brain so he comes in the entire so like he's like can you take uh eve to her bedroom please thank you uh nurse and then he looks at uh all of them and then he says the uh the mom says would you like coffee and he says no well he says hold on like to oh yeah so the doc says god i i just i wish i could say what you want to hear which is how they basically say dr found can't help her at all but they say it with him being with them all looking hopefully and he's like well i wish i could say what you want to hear the mom's like i'll get you some coffee and i do like i mean i guess i part of me i like the subtlety is an interesting choice because it could be like hella maudlin and all that. But like you were saying, I feel like that's the choice for like ER. Like that's the choice for a, yeah. a show that this is a show that kids are watching. Kids watch the show and they just dance around it. And I think everyone just kind of comes off looking very pitying to the entire oh, thing. It, oh God. Yeah. All the adults are having a miserable time. Like, I mean, understandably but like at the christmas party all the kids are happy and like hanging out and and all the adults are just basically like they're i was gonna say watching skeletons open presents when when, when eve opens the doll eve plum is just like exuberant everything i don't know if anyone told her she was sick but she's 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 just exuberant and she says oh that's the most beautiful, wonderful Christmas tree I've ever seen. And they pan over to her parents and Brian Keith, and they have a look on their face that's just like, like she said, please bring the priest. Like, yeah. their, their faces are just like dropped. Yeah. Like rounds. Like it is, it is really fucked up. 
it, yeah it so this is i i like to think that we've actually hit upon two very very like similar veins of christmas episode but also polar opposite because mm. like the father knows best christmas episode also it goes for the heart in terms of like it turns out this mm-hmm. guy's a vagrant they're spending their christmas like trapped in a cabin but like it sticks the landing and then this is another strain of christmas episode that just like relentlessly bleak because it's christmas strain which is a lot uh, of them oh it's now why it's... what why is uh father knows best sad but well executed and why is family affair sad and it's just a solid sad? it's a solid question i i, I encourage everyone to Listen to the family, the uh, the Father Knows Best episode. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, when it's up on YouTube, it will be in the next, I'm assuming next week or so before Christmas. Um, got it, got it. Check that out because it, it, it is, it is, it has that feeling of uh, it's a wonderful life where mm-hmm. everything is going wrong and then it suddenly goes right. And the people who, are the people who are the most put upon are the ones who are the most honored. George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life, he is his everything is going wrong. And at the end, everyone comes together and, and lifts him up. And the way the vagrant is, I forget his name in Father Knows Best, he he doesn't have anything except his good nature and his integrity and his kindness. And that is elevated. Everyone appreciates that. He's let uh, he's allowed to stay with the family. Uh, for the rest of Christmas, that is in that is empowering. That is, uh, if makes you feel good. And then this is the exact opposite. Yes, yes. There is no hope. There is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> there is nothing. And you're going to have to learn this, Buffy, be, and because <laughs> it's going to happen again. Like that's like that's the whole feeling. Is that like inevitably the last scene where she's just crying in bed is not earned. No, no one has told her again, she like, is we sick. have no we, we well also that that begs the question because Brian Keith is coming from talking to French who is getting out of a Santa Claus costume. So it is that day, it's that night after the party. So either Buffy has found out that Jan is terminal or she died right after. I doubt it's the second one. I I suspect it's probably more the first because that it doesn't make sense chronologically so what i i think i think might be the problem and the difference to uh, go back to what you said is i think that you take this episode but if the adults are not uh traumatized the entire like imagine that christmas scene if the mother and father were like smiling laughing with their daughter even if like bill for one fucking second like cracked a smile or like gave her like a little (laughs) noogie or something like there would like you would get that Christmassy feeling of like you know things are awful but we are damn it we love each other we're gonna you know we're gonna be together as long as we can we're we're gonna hold up and there is none of like the kids have it but the adults are just like wrecked the i mean again i you know understand in real life you would definitely be wrecked but this is a sitcom they wrote and made choices the kids the kids are actually played as kind of naive 
Like, yeah, they're, it's it's they're just blithely unaware of anything is wrong. They have to be lied to to have the Christmas thing by saying, oh, dad ha- or Uncle Bill has to go to Venezuela to build a bridge. Looks like I'm, I don't think I'll be home for Christmas. So let's do Christmas now. Let's invite your friend Eve. We'll do it at her house because she can't travel. And then and they're just like, oh, cool. Great. Fantastic. That's a great idea. They are n- they are not clued in on any of, of this. Oh my god! I just, I just, I just, I just had the wall. the best idea. So like, the the episode begins in the classroom with all of them learning about Central American countries and saying the names, and then all of a sudden, from the end, one of them can't name it, and the intercom, you hear Eve's voice say, "It's Nicaragua El or El Salvador or whatever." And then, so then the teacher forces Buffy to go give her the textbook. She goes there. After and then Eve is like, "Can you stay a while?" And Buffy's like, "Yeah, sure." And so they hang out. They play weird games about rhyming. Um, yeah, we'll get that right, in a second. Right after Buffy and leaves, the mom comes in, and Eve says, "Finally, at last, a real friend." And it is like, "Oh well, like that." That does a lot of heavy lifting of like she is uh, clearly sick. She's clearly been bedridden for a while, and she just wants friends. And so like. The episode should have fucking ended with them taking her to the classroom and her getting to meet her entire class, get a whole lot of new friends and answer questions in person one like for one time, like because they set it up in the beginning and then that gets you your it's a wonderful life. Everyone pitching in. Everything is you know everything's terrible, but we're going to be together kind of thing that is Christmas. It, it it just drives me up the wall that they didn't, that was, honestly, that's the low-hanging fruit, and they should have gone for it instead <laughs> of what they did go for, which was just a lot of adults looking very sad as as naive children think everything is fine. <laughs> yeah, man. So that game, let's play that game. The, the game that they play is one of them says, uh... A, says a, a phrase and then the other person has to think of two words that answer that phrase that rhyme so laughter the first one, rabbit or something a, a rabbit that makes you laugh funny bunny yes and then squiggle wiggle was or squirmy or wormy they squirmy are, wormy, like, yeah <laughs> and, then, and then buffy just looks at her and says that's a fun game and i'm like <laughs> Your uncle's rich, and you think that's a fun game? <laughs> well, they didn't have video games. I mean, like, honestly, when you're rich in the 60s, what are you spending the... These kids aren't feeling the heat of that money. They're not getting no. gadgets. They're not getting gizmos. It's just... <sighs> They're just getting, like, <laughs> nice puzzles and coloring books. Right now, when seasonal depression is hitting us the worst, when work is is deciding that... Uh, yeah, for some reason we need to be as productive as we were in the summer, in the winter, the f- when it, yeah, the this sun is, goes down at four yeah. o'clock. Right when everything is just kind of like, ugh, this episode just kind of like, <laughs> like, it's a, it's like multiplies it by like four. It's, it's so bad. I know that we, we are, we have, we have abandoned the whole concept of we will walk you through every scene, but literally that, that description is the whole thing. The scenes are just just feed into this. We can't tell her that someone is sick. She's getting sicker. Can you do anything? I'm an architect. I don't really do that kind of stuff. And then it's like, well, we got to do we're going to do one more thing. 
and but we're not going to make it cheery. We're going to make it actually really sad. And well, then, and like, yeah, they wasted also so much time in that. Honestly, like if you just cut out all the blank space on now, understanding yeah. how they shot it, this this show is definitely probably like, oh god, we got twenty minutes of footage. We got to really use everything. To get it to 25. But like you could get like there's so much more they could have done with this premise, which the premise while bleak is unique. It is, you know, you don't see it that often. You could have done it better. They could have done a lot more. They could have like lived in Christmas more. There could have been carols. They could have had the party at the school, um, etc. Now, one. So the only other sitcom episode that I think comes close and you know what? Oh, definitely exceeds this one is the Alf Christmas special. Which have have you seen the Alf Christmas special? Alf special Christmas or whatever? No. Is this the one where he gets kidnapped by the government and then no. at the end of the show? <clears throat> this is the one where a um, real girl with a terminal illness like wrote to Alf and like gave them an idea or something. Or was, No, she was like a really big fan and wanted to meet Alf. And so Alf like sent a video to her and then they made an episode about Alf in a hospital befriending a terminally ill girl. And, you know, by the end of the episode, she does die. And then, like, it comes on, like, dedicated to little girl. And it's like, happy Christmas. Um, Also, in that episode, Alf gets trapped in an elevator with a pregnant woman and has to deliver the baby. Oh, just like Saved by the Bell. (laughs) So... So it is a oh, and also a um the one of the, the Tanner's friends almost commits suicide and Alf stops him. What is up with Christmas that makes some sitcoms just lose it? Just do they do they think they have just like carte blanche to just do whatever they want for like the it's the end of the year. We're gonna like we can we can go as weird as we want to go. And some people are like, you know, enough of this comedy shit. Let's do, let's (laughs) do what we really want. Let's get some serious drama in here. I mean, like, so my personal interpretation of Christmas is that like Christmas is not about a specific emotion. It is kind of about all emotions and letting yourself feel them. If you feel sad, feel sad, like just really grab onto that because that's also the meaning of the season in a way. And I think that is that viewpoint to me can help you get through the season because like you're going to get sad at some point. And if you think Christmas isn't about being sad, that's just going to make you sadder. But if you look at it's a wonderful life, uh, the Charlie Brown special, um, probably other ones, like there is an undercurrent of seasonal depression. The Grinch. The Grinch. The Grinch Grinch is all depression. And so I think that you have to also embrace that side of it. Um, but I don't know why sitcoms like going to like the dead kids route. I don't know. And this one, this one like doubles and triples down on it because this is this is this is a gem. There's no rest. Um, well, yeah, it's all the gems at the beginning. All the gems at the beginning. <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything more to say about this? Poor Sissy gets nothing to do. So Sissy's in two scenes. One is a dinner scene and the other one. Oh, she's in three scenes. The one where they where Bill says, I'm going to have Christmas. And then the other scene where they have Christmas and she's at dinner at one point where Buffy says, I have a friend named Eve. Um, Oh yeah. Here's one. So when they're decorating the Christmas tree, we get the, they put on all the lights and then plug it in. 
is this a thing that is only done on television to get the wow effect of a lighting? That's what I do. You put all the lights on and then plug it in? Yeah, so you get the big reveal. Oh my god, what if it doesn't work? Then you I guess you test it beforehand? No. I just See, assume I they work, and if they don't work, I, un- I undo it. Oh my god, or, or figure that's out so much needless work. Plug it in, and then put them on. We got our Christmas tree. plug it in, then put it on. (laughs) We got our Christmas tree up on uh, Sunday, uh, and we we fluffed it out yesterday. It's a it's an artificial tree, and but even before we like before we even fluffed it out, I had I had it plugged in because it has lights are automatically strung on it. Now we're going to put more lights on top of that, but yeah. Um. So we still have we we still haven't put ornaments up that might be tonight that might be tomorrow um but that's like that's christmas here like um here in in westchester for us because we usually go out of town um uh for maybe a little bit but we there there are years that we that you know we do we do we do bigger but you know we didn't this time around and you know eve won't get to see a big christmas the end (laughs) The end of the episode is also fully, fully just, I can't believe that they did this. Like, so it ends with like the viol. There's like a violin in the soundtrack that is just like really just like stabbing <laughs> it into you. And it's just like so sad. And then he hears Buffy crying. He goes in, hugs her. She's just bawling and he holds her tight. And then zippy end credits theme. <laughs> By Frank Duvall, we're going to show the jewels again. Yeah, and I'm like, this. can you not? The family affair, family jewels. That's kind of like in I Believe in Santa, where he gets into a serious, serious fight over Santa. And then he like goes to a outdoor concert and someone starts singing uh, Saint, the St. Nicholas. Uh, God, what's that song? Saint, but like, then he feels sad and then just like i i gotta go because <laughs> they're singing about santa and santa just might have cost me my relationship and the entire time i am waiting for them to do anything to indicate that this is a joke and it is so serious anyway are we ready I, I, for i'm usually not the person that says put christ back in christmas but maybe maybe he's the reason for the season and not your blind devotion to god santa it is rough um Ready for some must-have facts? Is there anything else to talk about this uh, relentless gloom of episode? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard being so up about this episode. It really did bring me down. <laughs> I, I'm so. Uh, it is. It is an oddity. It is a curiosity of television. It is like you know this subgenre of sitcom Christmas episodes where children are terminally ill. Uh, why do they exist? Don't know. Please ex- excuse some of my flippancy and bluntness, as it is a product of both anger and <laughs> sh- amazement. Yeah. Um. But do you want to know how many people watched Family Affair? <laughs> Literally then? everyone in the United States watched I mean, Family Affair. About twenty-five million people. It was the number five TV, the fifth-rated TV show of that season. Um, beat only by Mayberry RFD, Bonanza, Gomer Pyle, USMC, and Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. Weird mix of shows there. (laughs) 
And then the uh, the CBS Monday Night lineup was Gunsmoke, Here's Lucy, Mayberry RFD, Family Affair, and then Carol Burnett. Ooh. So this night, people watched that episode and then watched Carol Burnett. <laughs> I can't imagine being a parent in 19, November 11th, 1968. You're sitting down to watch... You know, essentially like a TGIF sitcom with none of the laughs. Like, this is a family, it's a family affair. Um, and then it like ends the cricket, the silence <laughs> in the living ends. <laughs> it's just, yeah, um, it's a rough one. And then here comes Carol Burnett. What else was playing at the same time, Brett? So, what are you watching? Uh, on ABC, The Outcasts aired an episode uh, wherein Earl and Jamal become unwilling objects of hero worship by 17-year-old who faces hired gunmen who killed his father. I don't know anything about that. Then Sounds on CBS, fun. we had Family Affair. Uncle Bill arranges early Christmas for critically ill girl from Buffy's class. And then on NBC, the movie Now You See It, Now You Don't, starring Jonathan Winters and Luciana Paluzzi. Uh, an art expert has the task of assuring security a priceless Rembrandt loaned by Louvre to American Art Show. I'm watching that movie, probably. I'm going to Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> a very Vietnam Christmas. I'd probably I'd probably watch the Jonathan Winters movie. Yeah. Um, I probably would. It's I mean, probably, maybe you know, I'm a huge Outcast fan, but I'm assuming that the Outcast was a Western. Yeah, which I probably case. didn't see the Jonathan Winters movie in the theater because I, I don't know. I had something yeah. to do that day. Yep, it's a it is a uh oh god, a bounty hunter who was a Confederate officer teams up with an ex-slave who was a Union soldier during the Civil War. Man, TV sure was TV back then. <laughs> yeah. We remember all the great music from the late 60s, but we don't remember the television. <laughs> Man, and one of my notes while watching this episode was just like, what was what was television? Like this aired on television for millions of people. Was sitting down to watch TV like a chore? Like you had to do this? Brace yourselves. We're going to come. Please tune into your nightly family affair. Grapple with mortality. On IMDb. The 71 Cabot Heads. Uh, rated this episode an 8.6 out of 10. Uh, How much lower should that be? Uh, so, I can't imagine what it would be like if there was an episode that was rated like a 4 or a 5. Like, are there like no laughs? <laughs> well, huh. Like, I don't know. I think. Maybe I wonder how this show seems like every episode I'm seeing 8.8, 8.4, 8.6. Like it was well remembered. People, God, like this yeah, one. people love this show. I don't, I really am interested. I want to know what they love about it. And I know why. Children, I, I just figured it out. It's because people like your mother remember the show. They were 10, you know, 11, 12, 8, early, you know, or that, that age. They all got online at the same time, and what's a family-friendly site that's that you 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 learn stuff about things that you used to love? IMDb. <laughs> so the people on IMDb who are who had seen the show and are rating it are people who were 
fondly remembering it because they were eight years old when they watched it in 1968. Yep, that, yeah. Uh, Oh, boy. I do think that there is a version of this exact plot that is an 8.6. I think that, like, if we tighten it up, if we actually, like, make it to where we are trying to impart some sort of, like, needed life lesson to generations like you know or if the school gets involved it's an 8.6 this episode five a lot of staring contests just a lot of just people reacting to something someone else just said and then saying something and then camera switches to somebody else and they take in what that person just said (laughs) <laughs> and then they talk just like life oh it uh who had the must-see performance uh the end credits <laughs> it really knocked it out of the park really ending the show <laughs> and I, I was looking forward to their performance for I'll... the entire episode uh uh, uh I, I was gonna say sebastian cabot but he's only in like two scenes well no i think yeah I sebastian say, cabot sir i was gonna say eve plum but she just was over she did not play the character well when they're saying like oh she's getting weaker and weaker and it's not noticeable at all she's still just a very peppy eve plum i'm like no that's she's just playing eve plum uh buffy i i did not like jody i did not like um the parents i did not like the nurse uh, the nurse was the nurse was good sissy was no fine sissy was fine i mean i'm tempted to give it to brian keith just because he's hot but you know, Brian Keith's wardrobe. I can give it to Brian Keith because he had to carry all of the emotional baggage because literally no one else knew what to do with it. Um, he is giving a... I think there's also a version of this show where his performance makes total sense and like really fits in. It's a much yeah. more grounded show. Yeah. But there's also a version of the show where his like low energy contrasts better with the kids' high energy, but that isn't this either, really. It's, like, it is. It's, it's weird. I want to like Brian Keith because I liked him in Parent Trap and I think that he is a fine actor. I've seen him in something else and I, I can't exactly remember what. And I'm like, oh, I, I remembered him being really good in Parent Trap to the point where I remembered his name when I saw it when I was like 16. And I've kept that, you know, for all these years later. And he let me down. He let me down. Don't let me don't um, let me down. Must other people see this episode either as a family affair episode or a Christmas episode? No, this should be no. put in a, in a vault and buried underground with a sign that says there is nothing of honor here to keep people <laughs> away. It's a terrible episode. It was awful. Is that kind? Is that kind of what Tubi is? No, just kidding. We love Tubi. <laughs> Tubi has everything, literally. Did you see it on Tubi? Yeah, I watched it on Tubi. I watched freebie? it on Freebie. I watched freebie. it on Freebie. Freebie and Tubi. I don't have I don't have anything to say about the ads that I saw. They were just kind of like oh, the standard regular TV ads. Yeah, nothing. Tubi uh, has the good ads. Tubi has the like, you know, old people, right wing old people ads. The weird things like, hi, I'm you know I'm Leslie Nielsen's dad and I buy gold. Like you <laughs> know weird weird shit. Do you need vaginal mesh or whatever the fuck <laughs> those commercials are? Um, um, anyway, God. Ooh, any final I, thoughts? 
I, I think this is this is going to be our last show before the end of the year. I well, think. maybe. I mean, we could wait. Hold on. 14th, 24th. I don't know. We could try to squeeze in the 1970s Christmas episode, but I'm not going to make any promises since I'm very well, sluggish. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, a little peek behind the scenes. Brett knows everything about the holiday sitcom episodes. So, you know, which the good ones are, you know, Fresh Prince, you know, like so, so you can point to the good or bad. You can point to them and say, oh, we should do this one. Uh, and I'm I'm like, I'm great with that because like I, you know, you've been down this path before. I can't believe you watched this episode before. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I was disappointed because Christmas is literally in the title and it ain't much of the episode. I'm amazed that you let it slide because it aired in November. Well, I think November is a it's a Christmas adjacent month because uh, a lot of holiday movies are released in November, mid November. So I think it, you know, it can count. And the, the episode of Christmas came a little early. So I do think, you know. It came early, man. <laughs> I'm I'm happy that I got to talk to you tonight because I didn't get to talk to you much during your party. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> uh, now I have to go make a home chef and like feed the cats and it'll be okay. But like, God, that episode was tough. Just that one. Mm. Go mm. watch some Brady Bunch to see some good Eve Plum. Uh, Eve Plum in a Christmas movie. This year, she's in Holiday Spectacular from Hallmark, which is the uh, period piece about the Rockettes that is not factually accurate in any way, shape, form, or fashion, <laughs> but is a fun movie. So, <laughs> Holiday Spectacular. The real history of the Rockettes. Here's the founder of the Rockettes, Tony Stark. <laughs> Howard Stark. Howard Stark. Where can people Eddie find Hinton. you on the internet if they want to send you uh, stills of <laughs> Eve in bed? Uh, you cannot send them to me on where I am. I'm on uh, Instagram at EthanK55. Um, yeah, that's the place to that's the place to get in touch with me. And uh, so, yeah, you can everyone can. Um, Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brett White. You can also follow my drag alter ego at Barb Hardly. I am working on a Christmas special. I have released three uh, numbers Ooh. from the Christmas special. Uh, Santa Baby, uh, Jingle Bells, Bing Crosby, Andrew's Sisters Edition, and a Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, my ode to the Jonathan Hart, the love of Barb's life and also my life. I didn't so, see that last one. Yeah, gotta... Finished it yesterday. So, yeah, uh, scope those out, and hopefully I'll have a whole special done before Christmas. But you know what? If I don't, no sweat, because I don't owe anyone anything. It's all creative outlet. Follow the, uh, follow, yeah, so follow me. Read the words that are at decider.com. Please rate and review the show in Apple so we can read your reviews on the air, please. Please, for for Christmas, give us good reviews. Um. And yeah, watch, uh, subscribe on YouTube whenever I get videos up, which, you know, let's try to do that tonight. And I mean, that's probably, that's probably it, right? I mean, thanks, Acast. You're hosting, holding it down. Um, We've happy. got fans who watch us on YouTube, so. Let's I know. do it. Mork and, Mork and Mindy got 41 views. What? 41 views. I barely know. Four. I definitely don't know 41 people in New York. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Know. 
Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy holidays. Bye. To all, to everybody. Happy everything. Oh. And we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.